0: and welcome to the latest episode of the TCU Neely School Business Real Estate Webinar. Uh, My name is Carl Pankratz, and I'm an adjunct professor at TCU, and I am also the President and Managing Director of Black Acre Commercial, the sponsor for today's event. So uh, as we get started, I'd love to bring in my co-pilot, my co-host, Christina Rangel-Batista, to update us on what's going on at TCU. So Christina, what's happening on the campus?
1: Hey, Carl. So um, as you can see behind me, our new business school building is uh, still up and running in the midst of the pandemic. Thankfully, Uh we Just brought in our spring cohort for our MBA program this week, Um, and students were invited on campus in the safest way possible to meet each other um, from a socially acceptable distance um, and get to familiarize themselves with the TCU campus. So we are really rocking and rolling. I am quarantined at home due to COVID, so I am virtually reporting live from campus here. (laughs) Um, But everything is going really well. We're excited to get on the other side of things. Our faculty, like you, have stepped up in the midst of this pandemic to really ensure that we're delivering an awesome experience for our students. Um, And opportunities like this with Carlos are fantastic because our students and our prospective students, even community partners like the Fort Worth Hispanic Chamber of Commerce was invited to join us um, for today's session. Um, It's just a great opportunity for folks to tune in from wherever they are to to hear more about your experiences. So as always, thanks for including me um, and I'm excited about today.
0: Christina, I am so excited because we're one week away from being back in
1: the classroom. We are. We're about to kick off the semester. So um, classes are kicking off sooner than later. Faculty and students are excited to be Horn Frogs, be on campus, and be in the classroom. So we're pumped about it.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, go Frogs. And Christina, thank you, for, as always, for, for joining us. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: Well, perfect. All right. Well, that brings us to our guest of the evening, Carlos Voss. And, uh, you know, Carlos, you know, the story is he came over to to U S with $300 in his pocket and he has built a multifamily empire. And, uh, as somebody, you know, obviously from my side is, is, you know, as a multifamily lender, um, Conti organization, it's, it's incredible what they've done in, in DFW in such a short time. And, and now it's, I mean, obviously outside of DFW, and uh, Carlos, uh, if you don't mind, just just tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. Um, thank you to everyone at TCU. It's a, it, it's a great university, it's a great campus. Um, thank you, Christine, as well. So, and thank you for everyone that's, uh, that's listening. Um, bon, bon,
0: uh, dia. bon dia. Bon Tuna dia. Ben?
2: That's true. Bon dia. It's, uh, I think in this day and age, we. You, you better find a way to, uh, to sell real fish, right? So many different ways. Um, now, yeah, my story, right, has been in the U.S. now for over 20 years. Uh, extremely thankful. I believe this is, on my book, this is always going to be a blessed country, a, a, a place that's full of opportunities. As long as you're committed to yourself, you take responsibility and uh, you'll be constantly learning and growing Um, I don't believe that today you you can get just a degree and be done. Uh, You get a degree, you constantly be be learning and uh, learning from from courses, learning from other people that we have. I think that Dallas-Fort Worth uh, uh, real estate community community is outstanding. People are willing to help each other to elevate, to grow. Um, So very thankful for the world we are today. I mean everything that we went through during this pandemic what what makes me extremely proud is the fact that we didn't send a single person home uh, our employees are are with us our team members are with us so if, we, if anyone wants to understand Conti i would say Kant is defined by two things our culture our values as a company and our people what do we do with those two people the these two values happened to be multifamily real estate, but to understand us as company values one side and the people that we have inside of our company. Um, so we have been been blessed. I mean, coming here, of course, $300 in my pocket, one of nine kids. My dad was a butcher, my mom a homemaker. So uh, I didn't have that much. The only certainty that I have is that I have to work. And <laughs> so um, that was pretty much what my dad taught us. And uh, I have no problem whatsoever, so always doing your best. One thing that for me, you're never going to see me complain. I think that I'm not the type of person that is is going to be complaining. If you don't like the circumstances, you have the responsibility to change yourself. What are you doing with your time? If you're watching TV every night, you know exactly where you're going to be two years from now. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you have control of your own destiny. right? So uh, be the captain of uh, the captain for a ship. Um, so coming here, I got here three hundred dollars in my pocket. I went to rent an attic for three fifty. Right, commercial real estate. Talk about PNL $300, 350 That doesn't close. So I'm negative. What am I going to do? I'm going to work. Uh, my first job was a newspaper warehouse from two a.m. to six. Work at the law office an unpaid internship from eight to three. School during the night and TJ Fridays over the weekend. Um, I think making the ends meet, then uh, got myself involved in construction, doing all the labor jobs. Uh, I think life is a is a combination of learning moments, and moments also that you're going to eat that humble pie, that they say, I better change my life, um, start to get involved in construction. Uh, the first Kanti was created. Kanti is my mom's maiden name. And it was a Kanti Vaz. <laughs> I used to say, Mom, Vaz is always going to be with me. I need to make sure that your name is alive. Um, So the first county was uh, county construction, doing small jobs. I think that in life, everything that you do, that you try to do the best you can, right? And uh, eventually grow. Uh, And I strongly believe that uh, life is a combination of the relationships we have. Uh, there's There's always two ways to do business in life, right? You can do business based on the transaction or based on the relationship. The transaction is gonna just you do one off and you're over. The relationship is when you look at alignment. You see how can how can we grow together? Right. Um, so that construction business starts growing. A friend of mine was in the mortgage business. Say, Carlos, how can we work together? You know a lot of people. Uh, if some if you tell me uh, that someone wants to buy a house, you let me know. I can do the finance. Probably there's some renovation. We start working together. I learn a little bit the mortgage side then from 05 to 2007 i did over 30 houses in the greater boston area that's why i created the second stage of the company the county group came early 2007 it was too good to be true i think anyone who is successful in business you you always need to ask yourself right what type of success do i have is that based on fundamentals or just the circumstances because success can be uh, could be like lenses that empower you to really see deep and understand what's happening or it can make you blind right in a certain way i always say i always joke in our in our office right our patties are like the wannies right we're square we don't cut corners so it's a, I mean it's a making sure that you know the fundamentals so if you look at 2007 there is no fundamentals to stand i mean the fundamentals are non-existing in the greater boston area to be buying homes I stopped my business in May of 2007. I went to, again, learn, keep learning, learning. I went to get my CCIM, which I, I have a lot of respect for, for them. It's a great organization to learn some uh, about commercial real estate. Um, and then I saw taxes was growing. I came to Dallas in August of 2007, officially moved here. I say taxes is home. It's always important for me to Anything that I can do to make Texas better, that can make the the greater Dallas Fort Worth better, is important to me, mainly related to education as well. Then uh, from Conti, from our first deal in um, uh, in two thousand eight to now, we have done over, I will say maybe over eleven thousand units. So we our portfolio today is over a billion. Um, we we have about three hundred people in the company, um, and that's us.
0: Wow, I mean that's a lot. And you know, before we kind of talk about Conti though, I, you know, obviously one of the things that me and you both share is uh, Brazilian roots. So my family is from Salvador Bahia, which is kind of for those that don't know Brazil. My family is from the Northeast. So we go. My mom is, you know, kind of fun fun facts about Brazil. So my mom is probably seventy one, seventy two. And, uh, every year for carnival, she goes back to Salvador and she dances like she's a 14 year old in the middle of the street. You know, last, last year, we, last year we were at carnival and I, I and it was like, I was the parent telling my mom, I'm like, mom, you have to stop drinking beer in the middle of the street. It's 2 AM. We have to go home. So it's, it's funny that like to, to meet another Brazilian, it's really rare, but you know, obviously, you know, you're, you've done so well in the U S but. You know, for you know, I can't ask this question too often. Have you looked at the multifamily market in Brazil, and kind of what are your thoughts on that, Carlos?
2: Um, I believe a lot in focus. Right, you need to be very focused. Uh, I know your market in the U.S. Um, if you were to look at what what is a tendency worldwide now, it's what do we have in multifamily here? We have an industry that exists for over a hundred years. If you look at places like Mexico, Latin America, Brazil included. They just don't have multifamily. The, our concept of multifamily does not exist south. There's no, all the buildings are pretty much that you see are condos. So you don't see the concept. So it's in the, really in the baby steps. Recently uh, it was a great star did a partnership of a, a company there in Brazil to start doing some management, but it's really, really in the early, early stage. I think there's still a massive evolution on the lending side, a massive evolution on the operational side. Um, there's a big evolution as in terms of the accept acceptance for even the people themselves. So why should I rent instead of buy? There's a, a, a there's a mindset um, in the industry as a whole. So I look at the industry. I always, whenever people come to me, I say I, I give my opinion. This is my impartial opinion based on what I know about the industry um, however I I'd like a, a, a saying that a dear friend of mine uh, Tony Lenneman I have a lot of uh, from uh, CBRE he said something once right pioneers uh, get uh, get shot the settlers make money right so when I look at this year it's a uh, uh, what's happening is a lot of pioneers so you have a massive risk as Because the industry is is in the early stage. Um, So that's how I see it. Uh, If there are people listening, they want to go south and and try, by all means.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we talked about earlier in the program that you started off kind of doing home lending. So, you know, kind of, you know, that's in Boston. So you're in Dallas. You know how you know what li- what leads you to multifamily and and you know kind of what attracted you to that space.
2: Sure, I think that's a it, it's all related. right So when I stopped uh, buying single family homes, um, so I don't know how the market is going to behave. Talking to a lot of friends of mine, um, some of some were some were uh, single family offices and they have multifamily in their portfolio for the family. The conversation was, hey, Carlos, why don't you get, get involved in multifamily? It makes a lot of sense. You have, I mean, you have a lot of background related to the industry and say, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking What are you're doing. It makes a lot of sense. So that was the, the first aha moment. The The second aha moment was, let me go learn first when I want to get my, uh, learn more about CCIM. Uh, there is a saying that I, I truly live by, which is, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. I say that <laughs> I try my own ignorance. <laughs> I don't want to try it again. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so it's more like, well, why don't you going to do this year? I say, no, I need to learn first. So uh, I think, go learn first. So I need to, to learn first. Um, what was attractive to me, it was, first of all, I need to find where? So if you look at the growth in Texas in 2007, there's so many good fundamentals. Right? Anyone in real estate, there are two trends that are very, very valuable. One, jobs. What type of jobs are being created? How the diversification of that job you have? Is that is having that an industry or not, in a sector or not? The second, the, second, um, the second point is really, really important, is demographic trends. People moving in and fertility rate. If you follow those two and you're buying real estate, you're going to do well. If those numbers are not strong, be careful. that's speculation right um, So if you look at the numbers in 2007, those numbers made sense. so as I started learning more about multifamily, what was challenge, what was very interesting to me actually it was the size of the transactions. I mean you're really running a business that you need you need a completely operational business, right? Today, we self-manage, so everything is ourselves. You need to have that structure, right? So that was interesting to me. Uh, interesting that you have economy of scale, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting that you have a very liquid market, if, we're just, if you have good finance, you have, let's say, a Fannie Mae and everything else, and you wanna sell an asset, there's a lot of liquidity. You're able, you're able to sell the good assets as long as you're buying a good location. So all that was appealing to me, right? And as you know well, being, being in the multifamily industry, no transactions like the other one, right? There's, you always learn something new. That's why I'm so, I love my my industry. I'm very partial. If People are looking, you like real estate? I love real estate. I love multifamily. So
0: you're, you know, any, you know, they say that the journey, you know, begins with a single step. So, you know, I, it's always fun to talk about that first deal because so many people, you can find, a lot of people that can, you know, make a, a financial model that works. You can find lawyers, you can find, um, title, you know, you can find so many steps of the process, but taking, you know, taking that risk is so hard, you know? And so it's kind of the, the first deal you identified, you know, can you talk about kind of, you know, what, what attracts you to do that? And, you know, how did you pull the trigger? You know, how, what, what about that deal made it attractive enough to where it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go get, oh, let's go get it. Let's go get started in the business.
2: Yeah, um, it's, a, it's, it's such a great question. I mean, how, how am I going to answer this one? Um, for anyone who knows me, I always say make it happen. Right? Make it happen means that I always take action. I don't believe in a perfect plan. Perfect plan is going to kill all deals. Nothing's perfect. But you need to make sure that you surround yourself with the right people. So to answer that question, I need to almost break into parts. Number one, coming to Dallas. I, I came to Dallas. I don't know anyone. I don't know the market. What I need to do. Uh, first of all, if, I, if people want to listen to me, what I'm about to say, I need to make sure that I know my market. I need to make sure that the, I'm talking to that broker that we can speak shop. We can, hey, this is, this is what's happening in Dallas. This happens in Carrollton, Grapevine, and so forth. So, number one to me, I must be knowing the market. In 2008 alone, I, I put over 50,000 miles in my car and I didn't leave the FW. Wow. I, I'm the guy that I need to touch, smell it and see it. I need to see it. It was very important to me. It's a numbers game. I need to see what's happened. When I'm talking to the broker, I want to be respectful to his time to show that I know that sub submarket because his time is very important to you. Otherwise, I'm wasting his time. Who do I need first? If myself, right? I'm going to need a real estate uh, attorney. Uh, who, who, where can I find a real estate attorney? That's, I, back then I'm, I'm pretty much doing everything myself. Let's make sure that you meet every single broker in town. Having a meeting, showing up to a meeting is not 80%. Showing you are prepared to a meeting is 80%. So if you're going to show up to a meeting, Making sure maybe you have a fly, a flyer that you make yourself. This is Carlos Vaz. I've done this I, or I didn't do anything. I'm looking to these types of deals. And go meet as many brokers as we can. Not send an email. There are a couple of things email is not going to solve for you. Go shake hands. So start to build a team. Who is going to be, for, uh, for example, property insurance. Go meet a good property insurance person. Property taxes, who is going to start to build that. You are one person but trying to build that small team. Because when you find a deal, it's good to talk. If you found a property, right? Call your property tax. Guys, say, listen, I'm looking at this deal here. Hey, what do you think of the property tax is going to be? Go find a lender. One thing they I learned very quickly, if you ever need to explain your market to your lender, replace your lender. You have the wrong lender. Your lender should know your market. As good as you or much better than you. If you're talking to a lender, say, say Carlos, I have no idea what character looks like or get a new lender. Um, that's uh, what life taught. So have this small team that can become a sounding board to you and say, listen, this is where this is where I'm going. And you never have opportunity. Try to help them as well. So you know what? A good, uh, you're a good lender. You know what? I'm talking to this attorney. I think you need to meet this person, too. I, I strongly believe in life, every person that you meet, try to help that person to be successful, whichever the person does. Because then you have multiple alignment. So that's pretty much how I it on the Steam side. And then the numbers game, right? So I, I came here in September of 2007. Pretty much the worst time to get finance. There's no finance available. Um, I need to find properties. So my first property was actually in East Fort Worth in Woodhaven. Bad location, right? <laughs> really bad location. You're getting there. It's, wow. Yeah. But uh, uh, doing my analysis, I remember I was talking to uh, the person, so a very dear friend of mine. Um, uh, the, the bank had foreclosed the property, but it was in a really bad location. The property was about 63% occupied. I was able to put on a contract um, the last week of Dez- uh, December of 2007. And even the brokers, she turned to me and said, you know what, make sure that you close this deal, otherwise I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so make sure that you close. And back then, you're right. It was a big, big risk. I knew I was buying cheap because it was the end of the year. They need to clear the book. right? So I put this property a contract. So what are you going to do next? I don't have the equity. I didn't have my management company. I didn't have my lender. So you go back to sure. Small network. This is what I'm working with. So what happened to this my first deal, right? And that's another thing that I always mention when I'm talking to uh to people that are looking to our industry. that I want to get into commercial real estate, I want to I want to get into real estate. What's a hundred percent of nothing? Nothing, easy math. So I remember when I have this deal, I was not able to find any equity, it was very challenging. Um I have four weeks to close. My money was already non-refundable. All my savings. So massive amount of risk. I started calling a lot of brokers that I knew. I want to know all the buyers or whoever, all the owners within a three mile range from where this property is. Come on. These guys, they own property. I have a property. I just need to talk to them. And if something were to happen, I want to make sure that you get paid as well. So to me, that's very important. Right? Um, what happened? I was able to find the um, another owner they had a property next to mine and the conversation was was very very fast it was so what do we have I have this property how much for X I said no that's not said, yeah send me the contract to look at the contract say Carlos yes we're gonna partner with you but it was 99 and one it's okay and that's the it's okay because in life you work first you work for the knowledge because you're gonna be known for the things you finish, not by the ones you start. Anyone wants to start something, and of course, everybody has a perfect plan until you're a punch in the face. Right? So that's, that's a, that. all that saying we have. Um, I said sure. I I wanna I wanna prove. I wanna learn. I wanna see how how you buy it. You how you do that management. How does that work? Because eventually, that's how it's gonna we. Uh, we did this partnership. We closed the property. Even before we closed the property, I was making flyers, going to church, going to stores over the weekend. Please come move to this property. I did a Brazilian barbecue at this property. It was not even close. Say, so listen, come over here. Free barbecue. Come over here. Just to help increase, increase occupancy. We closed this property. As soon as we closed, they turned to me and said, Carlos, that was great. Let's try to do that again. Then from March of 2008 to September of 2008 we bought four uh seven properties a little bit over 1400 units
0: again. Wow. That was Wait, Car- So Car- Carlos, I got to ask you though. So so literally you you had you'd had your your life savings hard and you didn't have all the equity. No. That see that 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 right there that that is the hard part of real estate you can't teach. You can teach you know, you can teach P&L statements you can teach everything else but the guys that make it it's like that risk element is crazy to some of those that are just trying to get in the business
2: it's it's it was it was unbelievable yeah it was a big risk but at the same time Paul, what was different is that remember the team I said say listen was what am i buying for? That? The price was here yeah, I'm buying for this and keep in mind this saying, right How do you know you have a good deal and a bad deal? All right, let's look at the bad deal. The bad deal is the one that you look at the number and you share with someone and you need to to convince other people to change their mind. Oh, this is really a good deal. That's the bad deal. The good deal is the one that you look at the numbers and you share with everyone. Yep, because they have one thing in common, data. Look at the data. What's the data telling you? So I knew it was cheap. I knew the price was compared to everything I have, if you're putting, I think the common the common point here is that what happens when you spend all this time driving, all this time talking to people? You start to get a little bit common sense. So risk is, a, is a directly related to the knowledge you have and the team you have. If I, if I were to go back, I would do exactly the same. Because, hey, I know how much I'm paying for. I know who are people I'm talking for. I'm, I'm talking to. It's a big risk, yes, uh, because it's all my savings. If I lose this year, yeah, I better go back to TGI Fridays and start waiting tables again. Um, it's a, but it's. I think when you surround yourself with the right people, right, and uh, um, and you start to look at the, the data, it, it it was a big risk. You're right.
0: Yeah, that's wild. So. Um, you know, before I get to my next question, I will say, though, Brazilian barbecue is the craziest thing because you just put salt on meat and it dries it out. So I, I recommend, I, you know, I, we, we can differ on that. I would have said American barbecue with American sauce is a little bit better. But, hey, you rented out the apartment, right?
2: Hey, that's, that's my point. right? If uh, The only problem about Brazilian barbecue, you eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good problem. Now let's
0: pause to hear from today's sponsor.
1: Apartment owners have a lot on their plate. Dealing with lenders doesn't need to be one of them. At Blackacre Commercial, our team is comprised of individuals with high-level experience in real estate law, title insurance, city council, and acquisitions. Thus, unlike other mortgage brokers, we not only get you a great loan, we get you to close. Whether you are looking for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, HUD, Bridge, or Life Company loans, we are ready to help. Let Blackacre Commercial's national network of lenders and equity providers handle your next apartment refinance or acquisition. For more information, give us a call eight zero six four three eight seven one nine four or visit us at blackacrecommercial.com.
0: All right, so you're five years in now, or you're, and I mean you're 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 more than five years in, but you know let's let's talk about introspective. So you know we just talked about your first deal, which I mean, uh, you know, as somebody that heard this for the first time, to put all your life savings hard when you don't have the equity and you don't have everything lined up. I mean, that, that's incredible, but you're five years in now, you've done thousands of units. If you had to kind of take a step back and say lessons learned, you know, what are some things that maybe you've done right lessons, you know, you, maybe you do differently kind of, you know, as a CEO of a large company that's heavily involved in thousands of units, you know, kind of, you know, what's some advice you'd have for people in the
1: space?
2: So many, so many points here, right. That, uh, always looking so first first and foremost relationships remember that respect has no title every single person you meet and that's not only for business that's for life every single person you meet respect the person it's not because the person the ceo or the person cleaning the the yard they are exactly the same you never know so to me i think that relationship is is very important and the fact that you always need to respect every single person you meet so to me that's uh, that's priceless together that relationship right um like like i said i was building my team so every person you work with how can you how can you build things together just keep that in mind uh, i strongly believe in the power of networking i mean a lot of um, business is not done just send a bunch of email you better go meet people go shake hands go that's how business is done. That's how you learn. Listen to stories. Listen, if, you, if you're getting someone who has been in the business for 40 years, uh, you want uh, even today, I, whenever I'm talking to someone, some, some friends of mine, over seven years, I love sitting at the table and, and just have a cup of coffee. Just listen to their stories. So what was your challenge? Oh, that's interesting. So how did you handle that? So I think that's uh, that's something people underestimate. Look at my business, for example, right? I think realize that uh, the the importance of building a team. You're not you, you never one man to show. I, I always say the company is much much bigger than than myself. So if you if you're, if you're running so for whoever is listening out and you have your own company, building build your team build the culture of your company and the culture doesn't mean we need to make money money is just a consequence why do you need to make money so if you look at my company our mission statement to benefit the lives of everyone we touch and that means our our, our team members whoever we do business with how we're how we're growing how we're growing together right um also uh, real estate it's not, not like Bitcoin. It's not something that happens overnight. You need to look at real estate as if you were a farmer. You need to take care of the soil. You need to plant. You need to put water. And then that slowly starts growing. If you think that you're going to come up to real estate because you heard stories that someone came and made X amount of money, perfect. But there is a, another 10,000 stories of people that lost their shirt. So remember, real estate—it's you need to be almost like a farmer, a gardener. You need to be planting the relationships that you put, and that's how we're going to start building. To me, that's that's part of being successful in this business. Um, Boy, let me see, um, and this drive to always be learning—I I think that's uh, it's really important that you are always pushing yourself to be constant learning, um, and, and remember. Uh, if you say you're going to do something, always follow through. It's a, Some of the things that should be successful in real estate, I believe that to be successful in life. Uh, we are combinations of the words that we say and the words that we live by. My dad used to say something that I truly believe. My dad used to say, son, pay attention to what people, what people are saying in the first 10 minutes. The words that they say are going to define the people they are. Uh, I strongly believe that. So, it's, uh, um, I mean, uh, trust is not something, uh, not a lesson, right? Trust is not something that's, uh, um, is something that you need to be earned. It, it is, it is uh, how we behave on a daily basis, right? Uh, and, uh, and for someone listening to, I think applies to real estate, but applies to life is that we are, our business decisions is just uh, the way I, I look at them. They are a combination of our personal beliefs. So another thing you cannot separate. These are business decisions. These are personal decisions. Ultimately, they are the same. Um, And one thing that I can say about my business, right? If you look at Conti, I have a partner, the Sue, we have been partners for almost 13 years. Guess how many times we fought in 13 years? Not even a single time. Why? Not even a single time. Because we might be uh, living a meeting. But this idea, our, I'm committed to you and how can we grow together? Every week, when we have a meeting, hey man, did I say something that I, you didn't like it? Or how was it last week? How can we grow together? I think that's really important to have very transparent and powerful communication so you don't leave any room to bad seed. Because if you're talking to someone and overnight, no one overnight just explodes and I'm mad, I don't like you. No, it's a small C that you didn't address that point. It starts growing, growing, growing and, and, and becomes really, really bad. So um, one thing that I, I can say for everyone that you're thinking about having a partner is making sure that you have alignment. Making sure that, that that's really, really important. Because when you start building your company, and if we let's say five, ten years later, and you're fighting, oh, we need to go separate ways, it's the same analogy as building a house. Remember that crack never comes from the wall, the crack comes from the foundation. So when you select a partner, it's that that's gonna be your most important business decision to build the company. So making sure that you have you have the right alignment. Um and, and and other than that, also have fun. I mean, enjoy what we do. I mean, if you're feeling miserable, I mean, what's the point, right? I'm not saying that you just follow your passions because our business, like any other business, it's you need to work hard and that's a good thing. But making sure that you have clear goals. And other than that, do your best, right? Because the saying, right? If you don't know where you're going, no, no place is good. Right?
0: yeah so you know carlos i you know let's kind of fast forward to today so you know obviously you know what i do you know i you know i'm doing you know fanny freddie hud so i'm seeing the market on a daily basis and you know we're at the point to where prices per unit are higher than maybe they've ever been in dfw so the is this kind of you know are you still in the game and you know and if so just kind of you know what? You know what? What are you looking for today, and, and how are you continuing to stay competitive in, in a really crazy market?
2: Well, we are always on the game. We we're never, we we're never. And ten years from now, I'm gonna say we're always on the game. Uh, I think <laughs> that's uh, that, that's uh, in twenty years from now. That's uh, um, I can tell you in in one page, a one year, a three year, and a ten year goal for the company. So it's uh, this is where we're moving, right? Um, first first and foremost right for anyone who knows us they know that we're not the company that come that this year for uh, we're going to take opportunity of this cycle or that cycle of course we're going to take opportunities but we're a company for the long haul so for anyone who does business with us they know i mean we you mentioned Fannie Mae have done a lot a lot of we a lot of Fannie Mae right um, like Fannie Mae a lot um, and what's happening to Dallas to, to our force uh, our four big regions in Texas, I think that's just the beginning. It's going to become even more competitive. Remember, the two trends, right? Job creation and people. If you look at the next 10 years, that's just going to increase uh, more for us here. What's going to happen to the price is going to squeeze a little bit more because the bottom, economically speaking, this bottom here is getting is going up right? What's what's the new Dallas? What's the new Fort Worth? What's the new Austin? I mean, this is coming up. It's become more competitive. Um, We, I mean, we, we we're on a third fund now, which is 150 million. We are looking to open uh, our fourth fund, perhaps in the next four months. Um, We're going to be buying, we're buying more. Um, we create a a new division, Prefer equity, that's also been very successful. Um, we during this pandemic, we we open also um, um, a new office in in Miami. That's that's is helping us there. Um, so it's going to be more competitive. Yes, uh, I think more than ever, you you need to know your numbers extremely well. It's a it's a number it's really a numbers game you really need to know your numbers why you're buying what are the assumptions that you're using uh be extremely careful property taxes not i don't need to say that because is it there's going to be a battle for property taxes in the next i would say a couple of years maybe for us here in texas uh be aware of that um and uh, you can always find opportunity if you're spending the time with Owners, brokers, lenders, there's always a deal to be made at, as long as you know what you're buying and how you are buying. I mean, for us, if you find a deal and it makes sense, we can move extremely fast. I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, we, I mean, from A to Z, we can get something done in less than four weeks, depends on the, on the case. Um, but that's uh, that's us. So the way we look, we look at also taxes for the long haul. We're not trying to do here, I say we're going to become here, buy a couple of deals. Now, our position, it's really when you look at our portfolio. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's never just how big you're going to become, of course, how profitable you're going to become and how solid you're going to become as a company. Um, so I, I conservatively, I think we have the team today, today, which makes me very proud. We have the team today. To manage a double portfolio, so that tells you where we're heading as a company, right?
0: Yeah, and so speaking of where you're heading, you know, kind of obviously, COVID affected everything. You know, obviously, um, you know, it's it's there's a lot of places where on a lot of the deals I see, the first thing I'm looking at as a lender is the bad debt, and a lot of times the bad debt can tell me a story of, you know, do you have a lot that are just you know in place and not paying, and how are you dealing with that? Um, So the bad debt is kind of a number that's changed post-COVID. But, you know, for you, kind of as you're looking forward in this new environment, kind of has your underwriting changed? And, you know, are you still bullish on, you know, kind of new acquisitions?
2: We always buy. So that's a a certainty, right? At the end of the day, we're net buyers. So I would say if I were to look at 10 transactions, seven would be purchases, three would be sales. And that would be for us. Yeah, so underwriting has changed uh, considerably, right? So our acquisition team can get in details how much how deep underwriting has changed. Property tax is one of them. Uh, insurance. Property insurance it has been crazy price you see, right? What are you gonna use for rent grow, for rent growth? That that's a, a I mean some of our numbers you're using a flat zero percent, we even some of the properties we even use negative, or maybe there's a one percent. The difference the difference for us is that we're blessed that we're in Texas and they create this massive amount of jobs. So it helps to tip the scale uh, differently. Um, but some of our assumptions, we are using 12 to maybe 24 months, 0% rent growth. I mean, you need to be... One thing that we did, and it's funny, we did this one was in, in December of 2019. And people said, well, uh, you guys were, were expecting the uh cub uh cub nineteen happens so you know we're not when you look at our third fund we only doing fannie Mae but our leverage has to be sixty sixty percent or below we don't accept sixty percent that's it wow that so my last uh well you're in lending so one of my well, we did a close in this year my rate was two point six six fixed for ten years that's a good rate right yeah yeah, so that's us. So we're extra conservative, I think, on our assumptions. Uh, property taxes, I really need to give a lot of credit to our asset management team in terms of our process we have in place just to how to deal with property taxes. But property taxes, it has been brutal. So that's we had to increase our assumptions for property taxes. So to answer your question, our debt leverage is much lower. It has to be. I don't want to go above 60%. Has to be a must. Uh, any props that you that you buy, it has to qualify for Fannie Mae. Uh, another thing for us, in a three mile range, uh, my median householding how median household income has to be above fifty thousand. We're not good. I mean that that's something we're not gonna go in questionable neighborhoods. Uh, it's not uh, it's something we're not gonna go. Uh, then. Uh, you you better use rent growth. Your rent growth. You better look into property taxes, um, payroll. Payroll is something very interesting now. It's very interesting because depend depend on the property or the, or we have to use a, and a greater payroll because I need to have a team two or a team or 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 a team A B or C available. Because what happened if today the property manager uh, get the virus? I need to be able to replace her on a spot. Otherwise, it becomes a liability. What are we going to do about that? So payroll is something that depends on the case. We're using a higher payroll because I need to have as a buffer in case that manager or some people, part of that staff gets sick. So that's one other thing that you need to be careful about. Um, that uh, Those are some of the points that we're doing for underwriting.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, obviously... You know, sixty percent. It's it's kind of a you know it's interesting. Fannie versus life company. It seems like life companies might be pretty attractive they there. So, I mean, have you explored life companies at all versus Fannie Mae?
2: No, because uh, per, I'm very partial to Fannie Mae. Not 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 because I uh, I have great relationships with them. um Is uh, what I like, as you know, a supplemental loan. It's a it's that's a huge advantage you have of a Fannie Mae loan. Uh, it's very easy for us to... Now, we're, we're very careful. Anything that you do inside of the company, we always say, solve for the process, not for the situation. Anyway, uh. It's very good for us as to manage the scale. It's very important for us. How are we managing the scale now, scalability? So the fact that I have Mae, a lot of Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae, it, it's very simple for my asset management to one call, be able to address a lot of things very fast. So to me, that's, not, yeah. uh, to me, that's something very important. Uh, and some of the rates I'm getting, with any, may, like I said, right. Um, I challenge some, some life insurance companies should do the same. Right. So can you beat that rate? Right. Um, so that's why we've never, never been looking much at any uh, life insurance companies, but again, you never know.
0: Yeah. I mean, so Carlos, just, you know, last question, I think, you know, before I met you, I didn't realize the risk that you took on that first deal. And it's so easy to see Conti now. It's so easy to see Carlos Voss as CEO and, and just the thousands of units that you've bought. It's so easy to see all this success. But I got to be honest, before this interview, I, you know, it's, it's like you put everything on the line on that first deal. And you could have fell flat on your face. I mean, you, you could have not found the equity. And that goes bad and then all of a sudden the broker community says, Hey, here's somebody that goes under contract and can't perform and so then you're not gonna be awarded another deal. So I mean, for me, I I am in, in awe of the risk that you took to be successful, which not a lot of people see. So, you know, I first of all, kudos to that, but with this last question rather than kind of make it specific i want to kind of put it towards you you know we've talked about a lot about how you grew your company and some different places you took but what did i miss today carlos kind of what you know if you had to do some parting words to you know whether it's tcu students or other real estate people listening today about you you know what are some final thoughts you'd say that maybe we missed on this interview
2: Uh, it's a a a great question and congratulations to you and, and christina to put this together um I wish that back then I had access to interviews like this. I mean, believe me, I will be watching every single one of them because those nuggets to me are priceless, right? I don't believe that in life you're gonna do, uh, you're gonna let's say do a course or do something that you're gonna learn twenty percent is gonna change your life completely. I believe you. We are a combination of small moments that you learn that one percent, that two percent. But when you look in five, ten years, that one percent, another one percent, it's really, it really uh, uh, grows, uh, grows, grows a lot, right? So I think the notion of risk—it's uh, like I said—if I were to do everything again, I would, uh, because the risk compared to the team, uh, perhaps the thing that you miss. Uh, what's your why in life? When you ask me my why family has always been family it used to be my uh, uh, of course for those that know me very deeply i mean they know that I lost my dad my dad and uh when i was uh, 19 uh it was something very hard in my family um but i believe that in life if you don't have a why and if you don't have faith to me god is i said listen you tell me what do you want to do and you are you are you're in charge of everything when you go through the hardest moment, you're going to break apart. I mean, when I look at my why, when I said family, it used to be my direct family, right? My mom. Then I got married. My, my good girl from Iowa, from Midwest, and Brazil, mid that's, that's another conversation by itself. <laughs> so you see the size of my family. When I look at Conti, um, I cannot call our people employees. They are team members. Every single person that gets inside Afkanti, to me, it's an honor, but at the same time, it's a responsibility. They are my family as well. I'll go for battle for any one of our, our people inside of Conti. I have, I'm so proud of them, uh, for what they, they go through, and the people we do business with. I mean, our investors trusting us and everything. So all that to me, what's are called family and called why. So when I'm making decisions, when I'm about to take a risk. I know that why I'm making those risks and I take everything into account and hey, take a look at this year. Um, so the parting words for anyone listening is find your why. Your why is going to be the light in your darkest moment. But with that, you, you better have your faith by your side because you're going to be challenged. And when you get challenged, that's you're going to, you're going to get to know the true colors of yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, with that, you know, Carlos Bregado and, uh, you know, thank you for, for joining us. And, I, you know, obviously, as soon as possible, you know, we I'd love to personally get you into a TCU classroom to talk to my MBA students and uh, just share what you shared here. But thank you. And, and Christina, thank you, obviously, always for for uh, yes. making this happen on the TCU campus. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening.
1: Thanks, Carlos. This was fantastic. I always tell Carl, I always, you know, don't have a career in real estate. and A number of our students that tune in to watch this don't, but have an opportunity to learn more from fantastic faculty like Carl. So every time we have one of these sessions, we walk away with so many nuggets of goodness, like you said, um, and so I appreciate it. My favorite being don't cut corners, be like a Wendy's hamburger patty. So I'm going to take that one moving forward um, along with all of the others that I've picked up today. So thank you so much um, and go Frogs.
0: Go Frogs. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.